tongues of a thousand tongues. We could continue to give thanks and praise God all day long, and it wouldn't even be enough close to what he's worthy of today and the gifts of blessings and grace and mercy that he has outpoured in our hearts and in our lives. Well, this morning we are finishing up our series in James. We've been in James the last uh, number of weeks, and uh, you might remember that, yeah, you should remember because I've said it like a thousand times, that the overarching theme in James is this. That James says it is not enough to be a hearer of the word. It's not enough to just even be a believer of the word. That James says we're called to be a people who are doers of the word. And it's that disconnect of the doing where we often, we often miss. And so James is writing this church. He's writing a church. Remember that he's writing a group of people who are already following Jesus. And they're trying to learn how to do it better. And so today we look at the final chapter of James. It is James chapter 5. And it's known as the famous healing chapter. I was thinking about that this morning in, in uh, about seven as I was sitting out about where Betsy's sitting this morning. And I was reminded of, of you know, healing and how complicated uh, it is. I, I was reminded about, a, it was about a year or so ago, I had this tremendous headache. You know, the kind you just go, you get like, you know, three or four times in your life. You know, I mean, this tremendous headache. And I had to teach Wednesday night and Janine comes into my office. She knows what I'm going to say. She comes into my office and she says, your head hurts? And I said, oh man, I just can't hardly see. She says, hey, I got this peppermint oil stuff that I'm going to put, I'll get you and you put it on your head and it's going to fix you. Well, I am a little skeptical of all that, you know? So I say, but at this point, I need whatever you've got. Um, and so I put it, you know, on my head and I do this thing and I head into Wednesday night uh, to teach. What she didn't tell me is that once you put peppermint on your finger, don't touch your eyes. I am just like crying and winking through the whole thing as I'm, getting, you know, and as I'm trying to teach on Wednesday night. She comes afterwards and she says, hey, did it work? I said, absolutely. I never thought about my head at all. My eyes, I can't even think straight. They hurt so bad. But, you know, there's a lot of confusion about, about when it comes to healing. In the Church of the Nazarene, we believe that God does the healing, whether it comes through the doctor or technology or granny's lye soap or, or direct touch from God himself. All healing comes from him. And yet there is this confusion with those who follow Christ. I don't know if you heard about the guy who, who uh, got a new black Labrador and uh, a beautiful retriever, and um, he's putting the dog through the paces. He's got a friend there with him, and he's saying, you know, he's teaching it to sit and, and play dead and fetch and do tricks. And the friend is really impressed by the whole thing. And, and uh, he says, man, you've got a great dog here. And the owner says, yeah, it's, he's a good dog. He, he says, it's just one problem. I, I got him from a televangelist. And, and he says, well, why is that a problem? He says, well, watch this. And he told the dog to heal. And the dog jumped up on his friend and put his paw on his forehead and began to pray for him. Now, cut me a little slack. There's not a lot of healing jokes out there. That's the best one I could come up with. But, but there are some followers of Jesus, and it's a small group, but there are some who choose not to seek after medical attention. They just believe that God is going to heal them directly. And some believe that healing only comes if you have enough faith. And some believe that you're only healed if, if you follow the formula in James 5.14 that we're going to talk about in a moment. And, and some believe, and, and we could just go on and on. Um, and I think that's why, in general, the church has neglected to talk that much 
or practice that much about healing. Because in in ways that have been very public, it's been formulized and co-opted by people for some who have the best intentions and some who've had the worst. Some who've even been charlatans and made a mockery of healing ministry as recorded in James chapter 5. But I think that if we look at James 5 and we look at it in context, we see that healing and sickness is not just something that physically ails us. And James is actually providing a context for the healing of the whole person. So I want to invite us to look at it this morning. If you have your Bibles, to turn to James chapter 5. And and you remember that this, this book of James is not written for those outside of the church. We've talked about that the last few weeks. It's written to followers of Jesus. He's writing to a church. that He's not trying to convince them that they ought to be following God. He's saying, I know you already are. And since you are, it's not enough to hear. It's not enough to believe. You have to be a people who do. James chapter 5, starting at verse 13. Would you stand for the reading of God's word this morning? James chapter 5, and reading 13 to the end of the book. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they've sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, and even, even as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth, and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death, and cover over a multitude of sins. This is the word of God, given for the people of God, and we respond together by saying, thanks be to God. You could be seated. Well, I'm not a medical doctor, nor do I play one on TV or from behind the pulpit. But I have read and studied through the years, and I have come to the conclusion that I think, I think this, that there are basically three types of sickness in the world, three big umbrellas that, that all sickness can come under. Sometimes they work separately, and sometimes they work together. The first big umbrella is physical sickness, which is caused by germs and diseases and accidents and and a whole bunch of other things could fall underneath that umbrella. The second big umbrella is mental and emotional sickness. And and maybe you could make a case that you would separate the two, but but sometimes they're so close together, they they fall under the same umbrella at least. And it's absolutely amazing how these types of illnesses can affect the human body. And then there's the umbrella of spiritual sickness. There, there are a lot of things that fall under that, but, but one of the things that we know it by is a much shorter name called sin. We all know this one. We all understand uh, a little of what it means. I, I, even kids understand. I, years ago, I was uh, a children's pastor, and I remember saying to the kids at one time, uh, I said, how did Adam and Eve disobey God in the Garden of Eden? And a little boy raises his hand. He says, me, 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 calling me. And so I called on him, and he said, they ate bad fruit. And I thought, that's a pretty good answer. For we've all tasted bad fruit. Humankind has fallen, and ultimate healing will not come until humankind is restored. And you and I know that there is sickness in this world. 
And that's why we need physicians and psychologists and psychiatrists and pastors. Each and every one of them adds to the healing process. And I believe that each and every one of them can also be an extension of the ministry of Jesus. And as the church, we're called to be a part of that healing ministry. And most of us here are not healthcare professionals, and we aren't called to replace them. But we're called to do our part. Because of all three kinds of sickness can at times be intertwined with one another. Mental illness can cause physical and spiritual sickness. Spiritual sickness can cause emotional and physical sickness. And physical illness can drain us emotionally and spiritually. And that's where we come in. You and I are children of God. We are, we are heirs to the kingdom. We have been charged by the great physician to spread the good news. And, and some of that good news is that there is some medicine out there that is free. A good night's sleep, for instance. A good sermon, hopefully. The laughter of children, the unexpected call from a friend, the comfort of the Psalms, an unsolicited hug from a child, a beautiful sunrise or sunset, running through the sprinkler with your kids, or a a chocolate-dipped cone at Dubs. Uncontrollable laughter, unashamed tears, the love and companionship of someone that you care about, helping anyone, but especially one of our youth. And of course, the greatest and uh, of all the healing medicines is a cross and an empty tomb. For the cross offers spiritual healing to everyone who repents, confesses, and accepts Jesus Christ as their Savior and says, not my way, but yours, God. And an empty tomb offers the final and ultimate healing of life eternal. But there's more to it than that as well. We're called to be part of the healing process. God has chosen to model the importance of relationship by giving us community. And it is in this community that we we stand with one another and we walk with one another and we sharpen each other and we we come alongside and we love each other in the midst of all of the the things that we go through. That's why our time of worshiping in prayer in, in our service is such an important time for me. It's almost sacramental in nature because it's that moment where where we bring all the joys of the week that are taking place and we bring all of the struggles of the week that are taking place and we bring them to God, but we bring them to God through the family of God. We're not meant to bear these things by ourselves. We're not meant to be lone rangers in the stuff of life. We are meant to be able to lean on and walk alongside a community of people. We're simply doing what James is calling us to do. He writes in verse 13, Are any among you suffering? They should pray. Are any among you cheerful? They should sing songs of praise. That's what our prayer time is all about. We pray for those who are suffering We suffer with them. We rejoice for those that are cheerful. We rejoice with them. But James also says in verse 14, Are any among you sick? They should call the elders of the church and have them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. And I believe, even though it's not one that is taught on that much, we need to be obedient to God's word. I think that we need to recapture an understanding of the healing ministry of the church without turning it into a spectacle or a circus atmosphere. And we can do that. And we can do it with integrity. We can offer a much-needed ministry for people who are in in a place in their life in which they just long for someone to come alongside and stand alongside of them and to come and to pray with them and, and to join them in this prayer of whatever healing in their life, whatever they're experiencing in their life. But I think James sets physical healing in the context of other healing. 
In verse 16, he says, confess your sins to one another so that you can be healed. You know, every Thursday morning, I meet with a group of guys that we come here and pray, and, and, and we talk about life, and we talk about the week, and we talk about how we might have blown it, or we talk about what we need to do, or how we need to be prayed for, or the issues we face. And I find healing in that group. Not, not physical healing, but healing from the tough stuff of life, because I'm being cheered on by others who are like me, trying to figure out what does it mean to live a life in the image of the God who created me. And my wife's a part of a, a group on Wednesday mornings with ladies, and I hear, I hear those kind of statements come out of, of her mouth. And there are guys who meet Thursday night here at the church, and I hear those kind of things. And I, and I hear from others of you, or who, whether it's Wednesday night teaching or a small group you're a part of, there is something about living in community that brings healing, a healing balm to the stuff and the circumstance of our life. Verse 19 and 20, James gives us the ultimate assignment. The ultimate assignment for healing is to help others be brought back to the healing power of the cross. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, can and does heal. He gave his life on the cross to bring us healing from the disease of sin. He came to heal the brokenness between us and God and the brokenness between us and us. He came to bring wholeness through being broken on the cross for our sake. They bandaged his broken, battered, bruised body, and they laid him in a borrowed tomb. But three days later, he rose from the dead. The ultimate healing, resurrection, and eternal life. The ultimate healing that is available for all if we will turn and put our face towards his. He offers you the same kind of healing this morning. He calls the church together to lift you in faith. You know, two weeks ago, we were reminded in communion, we were reminded of Christ's brokenness for us. Today, we offer our brokenness to him. And so the question becomes, what is it in your life right now? What, what umbrella in your life, what is it in your life that you need the healing touch of God? Physically, we can lift you before the Father. Many Many folks have been touched dealing with physical conditions. But you know, even beyond that, what people have been touched by is that God has given them the grace to live in the midst of their physical condition. That God has given a healing power to their life to live in the midst of where we find ourselves. And in a few moments, we're going to exercise the book of James. And I'm going to invite those who will come. You'll have instructions in a few minutes. But to come and who would like to be prayed for, how would we pray for you and what area do you need to be healed today? Is it, is it under the emotional umbrella? Is there a brokenness from a, a past relationship or an addiction or a hurt or some area in which you struggle? I want to come and invite you to be lifted in faith by your community and invite God to bring restoration to you. In your life, are you need, in need of a healing under the umbrella spiritually? Is there something that's just hanging you up in your life? Is there a sin in your life? Is there a trash bag still left in the corner to borrow language from a couple of weeks ago? That you know you just need, you can't do it on your own. You just know you need the healing power of God to just let it go. I'd invite you to come and find a healing that isn't temporary. That kind of healing is eternal.
Sometimes, I, you know, we pack this stuff around in our life and we just kind of throw it in a corner and we pack stuff around. And I wonder, I wonder if God sometimes says, how long are you going to pack that around before you just give it to me finally? How long are you going to keep picking that up again? How long are you going to pack that around before you just say, I don't, can't do this on my own. I am going to, if I'm going to find th- some freedom from this, God, it's got to be from you. And all I ask is that we remember that God heals in God's time and in God's way. We may ask for physical healing and we might receive spiritual or emotional healing or healed in some other way. And I had a dear lady in the church some time back call me and say she was struggling physically. And she had been with one of her Christian friends who, who said, well, my friend says that if I just had more faith, that, that I would be healed. And she said, you know, I, what am I doing wrong, pastor? And I said, you know, I think you've got more faith in your pinky than I have in my whole life. I don't think it's that you don't have enough faith. I don't know about you, but I've seen um, parents who give their kids everything they ask for. It doesn't turn out all that well. Sometimes God has a different purpose. In fact, sometimes it's in the midst of our struggle that God deepens our faith. And part of what we also have to remember is that we live in a broken world. We live in a world that has, that has been broken, that has consequences to sin, that has consequences to action, a world that has not been restored. And we will continue to have brokenness be a part of our journey. And just because God doesn't respond the way you ask him to respond doesn't mean you don't have faith. For for real faith says this, real faith asks. You have not because you ask not. Real faith asks, God, I'm asking, I'm petitioning, I believe in this area of my life you could heal this. Whatever umbrella it's under, I really believe you could do this and I'm asking for it. But real faith says this, it goes a step further. It says, God, I will trust you no matter what. I will trust you in health and in sickness, in plenty and in want. My faith is not fair weather, God. I will trust no matter which way you lead. For my faith is fixed on the God who created me and knows the best of my life and a God who promises that healing will come. It's just not always in our time. For every one of us who turns our face towards him and accepts him, This whole world is but a moment. And the healing of eternity is a promise that he makes to all of his children. Brad's going to come and going to play a little bit. And we're we're just going to recognize and invite God's power and presence with us this morning. In what was some powerful moments in first service today where people came believing and asking the words of James 14 to be anointed and to be prayed for. I believe God wants to do that for at least someone today. And in a moment, I'm going to invite you to come. I'm going to invite you, if you want to kneel at either of the three altars, if you physically can't kneel, that you can stand there. If there's room, if it fills up as it did in first service, uh, you wait, somebody will leave, and you can come and fill in the gap. Or if only one comes, then this whole service was for you. And that's enough. We're going to anoint you with oil. 
and we're going to pray God's healing in your life. And healing from whatever it is under that umbrella that you're struggling with today. But maybe it's not just you. Maybe you come representing someone else. I I prayed with a number of people in first service who came for their kids looking for spiritual healing or their friend dealing with physical healing. If you want to come on behalf of somebody else today and be anointed on their behalf and be prayed for and follow along and not just be hearers of the word and not just believe God could do these things, but actually participate in being a doer then I'm going to invite you in a moment to come. Maybe it's a loved one or a child or a brother or sister that you would pray for. You know, there's nothing magical about this. We're just doing what God has called us to do. We're being a community of people who stand with one another and pray for one another and stand alongside of each other. And we believe in a God who heals. We believe a God who takes the brokenness of lives. In fact, we've seen it the broken pieces of our lives, the broken relationships of our lives, a God who who takes those things and turns them into something far more beautiful than we could have imagined. Past hurts, past stuff, in which God has now given you the ability to share those with others. So here's what I'm going to ask. I don't know what you've been carrying around for a long time, Maybe it's something fresh. Maybe it's something old. If you're feeling like the Holy Spirit saying to you today, and I just got to believe that you're already feeling some of that, some of you, to say, how long are you going to pack this around? Go, give this to me. Pray in faith, and then I will be with you. I want to invite you to come as I pray in a moment. This is how it'll work. There'll be one of us uh, at each altar. You can come to any of them, and we're going to ask you a question. I'm just going to say, how can we pray for you today? And, and you can be as, uh, um, as generic as you want and under one of the umbrellas. You can be as specific as you want, whether for you or for somebody else. And to follow along what God's word calls us to do, to anoint you in the name of our Lord. And one of us is going to pray for you in that moment. And then we'll move on if there's somebody else waiting. And we'll just keep praying. And if you're not coming forward this morning, would you maintain a posture of prayer? And would you pray for somebody who's here? Or would you just invite the Spirit to speak into your heart and into your life? As we come before Him, we invite, we invite the God of the universe to intersect our life in this moment, in this holy place. If the Lord is calling you to come and to pray, be prayed for. Would you come while I pray? Father, we give, we give you this moment. We follow along in, in following the instructions of James that, in how we ought to live and how we ought to be. And we recognize that you, you, oh God, are the healer of our lives. And that's physically and emotionally and spiritually that we ought to pray for that. And we also were reminded that we have an eternal healing regardless of our circumstance. So, Lord, we come, and in faith, we invite your spirit to work however you say fit and to fill this sanctuary with your presence.
Father, we give thanks for this day that we have spent with you. And we've come into your presence recognizing from the very top of our time together that we all have stuff and we all have circumstance. And that we bring those circumstances to you. And we have, we've sung songs that remind us of your grace and your mercy and how much you want to open your arms up to us and our lives. That you want us to walk with you not just on, a, on an hour on Sunday, but learn what it means to abide in you all week long. And Lord, as we have walked through the book of James over the last few weeks and we've talked about, about the call of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, that we are not people who just listen. In fact, we're not even people who just agree and believe, but we're a people who do. Help us to be people who live out that faith in, in our lives. But we've come to you in following in James chapter 5 where, where we have been invited to pray for those who need healing. We recognize that that healing comes in a lot of different ways, physical and emotional and spiritual. And I know, God, just at my altar here in this service, I've prayed for all three of those in people's lives and, and prayed it for other people in their lives. God, we know that you entrust that you are faithful. And so we lift up these prayers to you and we lift up these people to you. And we believe in faith that you are the God who heals, however that looks. If it touches someone physically today, then Lord, touch them. If you use doctors and nurses to guide them, then, then use doctors and nurses to find that healing. If today an, an emotional struggle, a past hurt, God, would you bring healing to that? For sons and daughters that have been prayed for, that, that have yet to find hope that is in you. God, we lift them up to you. And Father, for spiritual issues that we just recognize there is more of us that we need to give to you. There are places that we, we just need to ask your healing in our life. But far beyond all of that, our prayer is that we would be a people who hope in you in the midst of whatever circumstance we have. That you will walk with us, healed or not healed, of whatever we face today. That we will lean into you and that we will be reminded that there is a day that every one of these prayers will be answered and healing will be complete. For there is a day called eternity in which you say you will wipe every tear and every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you are Lord. Help us to walk closer to you, to leave this place closer than when we came, believing that you're a God who, who, who doesn't want to just hang out here in the sanctuary with us, but you're a God who goes with us and that we can turn to you moment by moment and day by day, right in the middle of work, right in the middle of school, right in the middle of, of, of whatever place we find ourselves. You promise to never leave us nor forsake us. You are the God who goes with us and walks alongside of us. And being in your presence brings healing to our heart. As we prayed for a number of things today that were for other people. Part of my prayer was that there would be people wherever those folks live that would live so well for you and in front uh, of them that they might be drawn to you. I pray today that God, we might be an answer to somebody else's prayer. 
somebody halfway around the world or halfway around the country or down the street who's praying for somebody they love, that somebody would show them the love of Christ, that by the way we live and by the attitudes of our heart and the decisions we make and the places that we invest ourselves, we could be the answer to somebody else's healing prayer for their loved one. So Lord, keep our eyes open this week. Keep our ears open. May we be your hands and feet wherever we go. We give you thanks with great hope and great faith. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Lord bless you as you go.